This is episode 429, How to Break the Cycle of Engaging with Narcissists with Banaz. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I hope that you had a nice week and a beautiful Thanksgiving, those of you who celebrate it. We did have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I always host because out of my family, I'm the person that has two ovens (laughs) and you really need two ovens at Thanksgiving. We had a full house and it was a lot of fun and I really love Thanksgiving because it's not about gifts. It's about being together, celebrating gratitude. And, you know, we can do that any day of the year, obviously, but the Thanksgiving holiday brings it even more to our awareness. One thing I want to say is I'm grateful to all of you. Thank you for listening to the show for whether it be one week or many, many years. This audience means so much to me. I want to thank all of you who filled out the podcast survey. There's still time to do that. If you go to christinehassler.com slash survey, I just want to get input and feedback on what can make the podcast better. We've got some great input already. I am going to be changing the name of the show slightly to Over It and On With It with Master Life Coach Christine Hassler. That was the one that got the most votes. So that's what we're going to be changing the name of the show to. So just a a slight little tweak. But again, we're still taking answers. So if you have a moment, go to christinehasser.com slash survey. Today's episode is about breaking the cycle of being in unhealthy relationships, specifically relationships with emotionally unavailable people or narcissistic people. Obviously, there's so much to a personality disorder and something like narcissism. I'm not going to be able to in one episode, <laughs> be able to go and be like, oh, here's here's what you do and here's how you break this cycle. But we really uncovered some, some great things in this episode with Banaz. And I encourage you to listen all the way through to the end because as usual, it's toward the end that we really start to uncover so much and a lot of light bulbs go on. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for today, which is Caraway Cookware. I love Caraway Cookware. I cooked my Thanksgiving dinner and caraway cookware and all my leftovers are in caraway storage containers. It's actually quite disturbing how many toxins we live with on a daily basis. And, you know, our body can process a lot of them out, especially if we do detoxifying things. But honestly, like we're just living in a more and more toxic world and we need to do what we can to circumvent it when we can. And Caraway Cookware is a great way to do it. All of their products are made without any toxic materials or hard to pronounce chemicals. Their ceramic naturally slick surface means minimal oil or butter. This stuff doesn't stick to the pan. I've tried other non-toxic cookware and everything just sticks to the pan and it makes cooking not so fun and very messy. Caraway's products are also beautiful. They come in a variety of colors and they will go with any design aesthetic. So here's what you can do to get 20% off your next purchase, which is a great discount. Go to carawayhome.com slash over it. That's C-A-R-A-W-A-Y-H-O-M-E.com slash over it for 20% off your next purchase. Over 50,000 people have raved about their Caraway kitchen 
Now it's time for you to try it. Carawayhome.com slash over it. Banaz, welcome to the show. How can I help? Thank you so much, Christine, for having me. So Mm -hmm. I struggled with gaslighting and quite a lot of narcissistic abuse in adult relationships when I was a kid. And so I see myself as a confident person, but my self-esteem is not where I want it to be. I'm starting to see these patterns where I stop myself from speaking up. I stop myself from speaking truth every time I encounter someone who kind of gaslights me or every time I experience these encounters with family members or whether it's with the dating experiences in iPad. And I have really good, solid boundaries, I would say externally, but it seems that internally, like I internalize these things so much so Mm -hmm. that right now I see that I'm struggling and Mm -hmm. I tend to see that I overfunction internally. Like I I may not want to show it externally, but I just see that there is this battle inside of me, even if I'm not externalizing it. And I'm really having a lot of anxiety because of it. There's always this fear in the back of my mind that what if this happens again? And so maybe it's best if I, you know, stay quiet. I fear quite a bit. And so recently I've just like had this breakdown moment where I'm like, I, I can't go on like this. I have a lot of internalized anger. I mean, for right reasons, but it's just, uh, I would love to express it in a way that leaves my system. My nervous system is really in quite a bit yeah. of like fight or flight and I, I'm exhausted. I'm burnt out. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. I really, really hear you. So what I'm hearing you say is that you allow yourself to be treated or spoken to in certain ways, or you allow boundaries to be crossed or something happens and you don't really speak up. And so you end up angry, resentful, maybe sad sometimes too, and exhausted. Is that a good summary? I do speak up. Oh, you do speak up. I speak up. I find a way to be creative with the boundary. That's why I'm saying like, I don't know why this is like such a struggle. I, I don't necessarily think the problem is me not speaking up. It's just, I don't want to be there anymore. Or maybe there is just- You don't want to be in the relationships anymore. Yeah. I okay. struggle with staying. I mean, this is the blind spot that I have. Like, I just know that the origin wound is something to do with gaslighting and the narcissistic abuse that mm-hmm. I've experienced, mm-hmm. but I don't exactly know more information about it because it's it's been a recent aha moment when I'm like, oh my gosh, this is why. This is- Can you tell me more about the aha moment? What did you remember or realize? I've been doing different modalities like healing work since I was 19 and I'm 34 now. And I was reflecting back. There are so many things in my life that have improved, but the one thing that I wanted to improve it, it's still the same. And that's, I still struggle with the same feelings that I had when I was 19. And that is, I don't want to repeat the same pattern. I don't want to face them again. I don't want to face the same Can you people. be more specific? Like what pattern? So I enter relationships thinking that they're going to work out or Mm -hmm. this person is different or, Mm -hmm. you know, they are doing some work or they're in therapy and they're doing some work. Or for example, with my family members, I'm like, okay, so I've set this boundary with them. So that means that this pattern will not happen. This pattern of gaslighting me into situations that are quite like really toxic. It's not going to happen, but they happen again. It's like, I think that because I have changed because I've set the boundaries, because now I have this awareness that it will stop, but it doesn't. So I keep finding myself in situations with people. Right. 
Okay. So you speak up, you speak your truth in these situations, and then what happens? It doesn't change necessarily. Doesn't change. And doesn't then change. do you leave? What what happens then? I give it a little bit of time uh, because I think the boundaries take a little bit of time. But then mm-hmm. after a while, I start to feel really resentful and really upset or hurt. And there is sadness and grief to so much grief. And I end up leaving. And then, right. yeah. Okay. So all that being said, what would be your question for me? I have a lot of anger and Mm -hmm. I struggle with the anger, the anger of being mistreated, the anger of just like having to constantly face these situations. And I really feel like maybe on some level, I don't honor my feelings. I don't honor myself. Mm -hmm. I overfunction. How do I release this anger? How do I stop the pattern from happening again? Well, first, there's a couple of steps. We can talk about the anger in a moment. I actually just released an episode on how to do an anger release. So I encourage you to listen to that one. There's still a payoff to engaging in this dynamic. There's still something, a subconscious belief, an inner child longing that is drawing these kinds of experiences into your life, thinking that you're going to get something that on a conscious level, your 30 something self probably can say and see, no, I'm not going to get that. Some part of you still believes it can. So what do you think the potential payoff could be to engaging in these kind of relationships? Like what does some part of you think is going to be possible? Connection. Connection with a pretty much an unavailable person, right? Because if you're talking about gaslighting and narcissism, then that really isn't real connection. There can be love bombing, but there there really isn't real connection because there isn't deep empathy and intimacy. Right. I'm sure you've thought about this, but another question for you, who didn't you get deep connection from as a child that you really wanted a deep connection with? My parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My parents, both of them. Yeah. Yeah, my parents. Yeah. And that's a big one to say, I long to have a deeper connection with both my parents. Mm -hmm. That's big. And that that's really a a need that first of all, every child deserves and that every child has that need to feel connected to both parents or primary caregivers, like whoever are the the people Mm -hmm. in their life. And so this pattern keeps continuing because there's an inner child in there that continues to be attracted to people that seem like your parents thinking you're going to get the thing that you never got from them. So I'm sure you know this. I'm sure you've thought about this, Mm -hmm. but the anger, there's two things I think that need to happen, anger and grief. So first there's grieving the relationship that you didn't have from your parents, like really grieving it's like when someone dies, yeah, you don't expect them to come back. Like they're gone, right? And but with oftentimes with relationships, even though we need to grieve it, we don't and we expect it to come back in another version. So with the parents, really grieving the fact that you did not have emotionally healthy, emotionally available parents in which you had a deep connection with and you, I can feel from you, Mm -hmm. are a very empathic, connection-based 
open-hearted person. Like it seems like you really just love the people connection piece Mm -hmm. and you were born into these parents where that wasn't available to you. So that's a really big, that's, that's a, that's a big schism, right? In your psyche. So grieving the fact that you did not have that so that that inner child, that part of you that thinks it's still going to be possible can really put that to rest. Mm -hmm. That resonates. It's really painful because just recently I spent some time with my aunt and my uncle and I could see the same patterns with them. Just how, you know, there was so much neglect just spending time with them. So much criticism and so much, all this stuff, right? And I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm like, is this a pattern within the family system? So maybe there is something about I need to grieve the family that I didn't have. Maybe that's why yeah. such a big pattern that I'm you know, I'm starting to realize that this is bigger than I thought. Yeah, it's a, it, it, could be a, it could be a huge generational pattern that you were born into. And generational patterns are so powerful to break and can be difficult to break because they've been going on for generations and generations. Mm-hmm. So I think while it's useful to, to talk about it and to kind of look at where it exists in your family, it's more useful to just dive into like grieving, grieving that you just didn't have a really open-hearted, connected, loving family. There was a lot of possibly narcissism. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of shutdown. There was a lot of unavailability and there's a lot of pain, right? And that's not how you came in to live this life. You did not come in to live this life emotionally shut down, cut off from empathy and lacking connection. You came in this life to connect. And often we pick the families we're born into for contrast. So if one of your soul qualities, what you're here to experience in life is connection, Mm -hmm. then picking a family that lacks it, that lives in disconnection is the perfect contrast and the perfect teacher to teach connection because we learn through contrast. We wouldn't know something was hot if we didn't know what cold was. So a piece you can get to, and I mean P-E-A-C-E, that you can get to, a piece within yourself you can get to, is just really accepting, all right, I chose this family to learn through contrast because my dharma on this planet and what I'm so here to experience is connection. Now, we don't want to go there right away because that would be spiritual bypassing the grief and anger that you need to work through. I hope that can provide some comfort into, even though this isn't necessarily the family you loved being born into, it is the one you chose to learn what you're here to learn. And on some level, soul-wise, karmically-wise, however we want to say it, some of us do sign up to be generational pattern breakers. It's only the only way the consciousness of the planet evolves is if people come in and learn stark contrast and break the pattern. It's the only way it's done. So on another level, you signed up to be a generational pattern breaker, like pretty much everybody that listens to this show. Mm -hmm. And it's on a spiritual level, you can get excited about that and be like, yes, on a human level, it can really suck because it's like, I just want a family that love me. You know, I don't want all this dysfunction. I was thinking about it. I was in- Can I share something quickly before I forget? As you were saying that, I don't even think that I'm, I don't feel excited about being, you know, the generational pattern shifter. Like there was a point that I was on a spiritual level, even now my soul is exhausted. Like 
yeah. I go through, you know, I, I just recently traveling and uh, thinking of relocating and I could see parts of my soul in different parts of the world or where I was traveling. And I was like, Oh my God, I feel like my, I need a soul retrieval. Where is it gone? Like mm-hmm. I've spent so much time over functioning in systems thinking that if I get it right, that it'll be right. It'll even be though, Yeah. And I, even though yeah. I, I know better that, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I, I'm just one piece. Like I'm not God, I'm not that powerful. There are other things that are going on and people are people at the end of the day, they're, their patterns are their patterns. Well, but you're, let me interrupt you for a second. You're the most powerful person in your own life. And you don't have to be excited about being a generational pattern breaker. Many people, it feels more like a burden than anything else. But what I think is, is important for you to, two pieces, one, like really grieving, not just thinking about it, but really allowing yourself to have a good cry, to, to grieve your family, like you would the death of someone that you loved to really just let yourself have your grief about it. And then the other piece is getting in touch with the anger. Yes. Like the, I hate this. I, I just want easy relationships. I just want to connect mom and dad. Why did you have kids? If you couldn't connect with us, like I'm angry at this family that it has to be this way. I'm angry that I try so hard and I speak up and I set boundaries, but people don't listen to them or yeah. They don't listen to me. And then I have to end up leaving. I'm, I'm angry that I've given people chances and they haven't stepped up, you know? And I think what can be really hard when we're a really loving person and we have a pattern of engaging with people that aren't in touch with the love inside mm. themselves is that's why it feels exhausting because you have this love and you come at things with love and often expectations. I mean, there's, there's a part of you that is coming with some expectation, but there's this yearning to love and this yearning to connect. And it's like, you're pouring all this energy out and not getting anything back in. And that is exhausting. It's so exhausting. So as you grieve and as you really deal with the anger and as you get super clear about these are the relationships I will engage in. And these are the relationships I won't. And the first time I see a red flag, like I'm done. And really, really accepting that you can't change anyone because that's the other thing. Like oftentimes why empaths are so attracted to narcissists is because on a subconscious level, we see that they don't have access to love. Like we can feel it and we see it. We see that they don't have access to that. And so we just think that our love will somehow awaken the love in them. And it just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. That's so true. And we end up giving away our power and we end up giving away our heart and we end up collapsing our boundaries. And so that's why it's so important that to to notice that a healthy relationship is when there's that giving and receiving of love and that you're, you're opening, you're connecting, and you've got that connection coming back, not love bombing, not a bunch of promises, but that actual feeling of, wow, this person is seeing me, is connecting with me, is giving something back to me. And if that's not happening, then you go, okay, well, I'm back in a family dynamic. My inner child is seeking connection from the familiar, because that's basically what's happening. Let me remind her that we've grieved our family. We're not looking for love from our family or anyone like them anymore. You give her what you need and keep reminding her 
that we only engage with people that it's a two-way reciprocal street. Yes. And that's such a value of mind reciprocity. And it's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Christine, I have a question. I went no contact with one of my family members because of this. And I, I'm holding so much grief and guilt at the same time. And I know on a, a deeper level beyond my ego that this is right. Because for the first time, I see that I just did something yeah. that yeah. felt right, even though it sucks. If it, it's, it's okay. But somehow yes. I feel the guilt, though. <sighs> what are that? you feeling guilty about specifically? I was in California for about a month. My aunt had told me to, you know, I spoke with her on multiple occasions to see if it's okay with her to stay with her. And she was really um, clear last year that I can visit her. So, you know, I was like, this is a nice opportunity to connect. I haven't seen her in a while. And so I stayed with them. And um, since day two, you know, started to see really just, um, uh, yeah, the pattern started to show like a lot of criticism, a lot of nitpicking and name calling and, you know, just little ways that they want to take away from the person's joy and, you know, from my joy. I'm, I would say that at my core, I'm a very joyful person to see the brighter things in life. So when I left, I changed my travel accommodations, uh, made it a little bit shorter. I wish it was even shorter than that. So I didn't have to go through that, but I set boundaries with her. I spoke up, talked about it, nothing worked. So, you know, when I returned, I noticed that my so, body... Okay. This is Sorry, a lot of story. Yeah. Anyway, I, I do apologize. Anyway, That's okay. My, you don't have to apologize, but I yeah. want just I want you to notice something. Okay, sure. I don't mind stories, but what I want you to notice is there's a pattern of over explaining, which is very sure. very common when we don't feel heard, when we're gaslit a lot, because mm-hmm. when we're gaslit a lot, <laughs> we tend to go in a pattern of over explaining, over justifying, over everything. So I just want you to notice that in your life because it is a an, a symptom of being gaslit too much. And what I want to say to the guilt is, of course, you're going to feel guilty because of the gaslight, because of the programming that's in there. And because there's like a deep obligatory belief that you've got in there about family. And we all buy into this thing about family and that how it's, you know, where we owe our family something just because we share DNA, which to me is not a good enough reason at all. So the guilt isn't, you know, sometimes guilt is good. You know, if someone goes and cheats on their spouse, it's good to feel guilt because it's like, Hey, you just did something not in alignment with agreements and your moral code in your marriage right now. But often guilt is because there's a a belief, like a should in there that's in direct violation with our actions. So there's, so let me ask you this, what belief do you have that's making you feel guilty? It could sound something like they're family and so I shouldn't, you know, or I should have tried harder. Like what's the belief that's creating the guilt? She opened her home to me and so I should be. I should be like, there's the should. I should be more grateful. Right. So yeah. just because someone opens their home to you, yeah, I know. they can treat you poorly. Yep, exactly. And I shared this right. with her too. So. Yeah. And again, she's probably never going to understand. This is what I love to say. You don't go to a Chinese restaurant when you want nachos. 
So it's okay <laughs> if she's upset and it's okay if she never understands. And if you need to go no contact with certain people because the relationship is not healthy, that is a very self-honoring thing to do. That's it. Yeah, you got that. Because Very it's, self-honoring. It's just so true. I, you know, I see this with my friends and, you know, I'm creating, recreating the family within my group of friends. And yeah, I see it rippling out. The grief is so immense because it's not one person and I've lost a sister. There's so many, I mean, we all go through these, you know, we go through life and things happen. It's just harder with, it's incredibly hard with, uh, within unavailable family systems or of course. selfish families. I feel of course, lonely. Cause you feel very alone. Yeah. 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 You feel very alone, which is all the more reason to continue those boundaries to, Eliminate contact so that you have more space for your soul family to come in. And I'll share something with you that I think I've shared on the show, but I'll share it again. I've heard this. I don't know if it's true. I probably should dig into some research, but I really like it. So I kind of don't want to research it because <laughs> I, I really like this reframe. So have you ever heard the expression blood is thicker than water? I have. Yeah. And we make that mean that your family's thicker than any other tie, right? Mm. And what was explained to me at one time is that we've misinterpreted that passage. I think it's a passage from the Bible. Again, I need to be more researched, but we've misinterpreted over time. And what it actually means is the blood we shed on the battlefield with like our soul family, the people we choose to go to battle with, our aligned tribe of people is Mm. thicker than the water of the womb meaning that our soul family, our chosen family, those with like-minded values is thicker than just shared DNA. And I really love that because to me, it's so true. And so I just want to support you and stand with you in holding your boundaries and cutting off contact if necessary, because if you want to keep being exhausted keep being in these dynamics yeah no I have some autoimmune issues because of this stuff I can't yeah I really like owe it to myself to level up in this lifetime yeah 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 well level up um be kind let's myself it's just kind this is the kindest thing I could do for myself the way I would say it is to really honor who you are And come into alignment with that. You are a person who is here to have deep connection with other humans and experience love and intimacy. And anything that's not in alignment with that and anyone that doesn't share that value is a no. That's true. So my work becomes about grief, releasing grief and... uh, Grief and anger. Processing anger. Yep. Yep. That's it. So... Yep. Yep pausing on other things because this seems to be priority and opening your heart to soul family i'm so open i met such great people though when i was traveling i was like wow this is so beautiful it's encouraging isn't it this is so (laughs) do exist (laughs) graceful it was just like it's like the universe and the gods are like there you go these are your people and i was like oh my gosh i feel it yeah beautiful feel it so 
beautiful. Well, there's more of that. There's more of that for you to feel. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you. Thank you to Banaz for bringing forward something that I know many of my listeners, all you listening right now, are probably dealing with. I think we all have encountered someone with either narcissism or at least narcissistic tendencies, emotional unavailability, gaslighting, so on and so forth. And it can be a very frustrating and maddening place to be. It can almost make you feel crazy sometimes because you just feel like you're not heard, you're not seen, it's frustrated, all of those things. And what I said to Banaz in her patterning is that when we keep attracting in, these kind of relationships, there is some kind of payoff. Sometimes the payoff can be, you know, we just need to learn something, but we're subconsciously probably looking for something that reminds us of someone from our childhood who we didn't get something from. I mean, you all know this, you listen to the show. Most everything that is occurring in our present day life has ties to what did or did not happen in our past. And as we discovered with Banaz, she longed to feel a deeper connection to her parents. She longed to be seen. And that's a big ouchie. So subconsciously, she's going to be driven to be around people like her parents, even though consciously she may know this isn't healthy. That's why the inner child work is so important. And P.S., I want you all to know that in spring of 2024, so not too far away, we're almost at the end of 2023 here, Steph and I are actually going to be launching another live inner child, but instead of it being over a weekend, when we first did it in 2020, we did it over a weekend and that worked really well because most people were at home. It was the middle of the pandemic. It was June, 2020. So people had the weekends, but now I know it's hard to block off a whole weekend And the work of inner child, it's nice to give it some spaciousness. So we're going to be launching an inner child program that we teach live over the course of about 10 weeks, where you come on to a live class with us once a week. It's going to be amazing. So stay tuned for that. Put that aside. It's going to be priced probably around $500. So put that aside for spring and hopefully you can join us. Anyway, back to Banaz. One of the things that I kept pointing out to her and that she really heard is that grieving the parents she didn't have and and allowing that anger out about that versus the grief, then the anger is going to be so important. Another thing I wanted to highlight here is when we're gaslit a lot, we often go into over explaining to other people because we subconsciously have been made to believe that we don't make sense or we're wrong. So we go into over-talking, over-explanation. So if you know you've been gaslit before, I just want you to be aware of, you can either shut down completely and not talk at all or go into the over-talking and over-explaining. This is not a criticism. It's not bad or wrong. It's just a natural reaction to being gaslit. And part of healing from being gaslit is finding our authentic self-expression, not coming from justification or defending, knowing exactly what we need to say, how much we need to say, and either you know encouraging ourselves to say it if we err on the side of not speaking up or really being succinct in what we need to express so we don't go into that pattern of over-explaining. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. 
That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehassler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.